Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 130. How are you doing, girls? We're your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. This is 130. Isn't that crazy? Awesome. Wow, right? <laughs> yes. We were just talking about how that we used to have a list that we would update of all of the um, episodes we did and the book we reviewed or the person we interviewed. And I remember, Sarah, you going through that list and it was like, oh, my God, it took me forever. And I go and I look back at it and there's only 28 episodes <laughs> on it. <laughs> So, needless to say, we need to update it, right? <laughs> Crazy. But, but I remember at the time, we were like, oh, my God, 28 episodes. That's, like, so good. <laughs> right. And here we are. Here we are. 102 episodes later. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever done a drunk purchase online and then found out about it when the package arrived? Yes. <laughs> really i'll go first i actually actually it's i've cut down on it because i haven't been drinking a lot (laughs) good good um i actually got the complete claudine it's written by claudette who's french and i remember watching the movie claudette with kira knightley in it and i think that's when i purchased it and I purchased <laughs> it on, on Amazon and I totally forgot about it. And then I get a package that's really heavy. And I was like, what the hell is this? Open it up. The complete Claudine. And what <laughs> is the complete Claudine? It's basically she wrote. OK, so the story goes is Claudette uh, Colette. I'm sorry, which is what the movie's called. And it's based on a real person. She wrote stories and she got married to a much older man who was a writer. And so when he read her stories, he stole them from her and put his name on it. Um, and oh. I think because she was so much younger than him, she kind of let him be because right. he was like really in the spotlight. He liked to talk a lot. He was really like extroverted. And so she just wrote the stories and he published them with his name and he did all the media and all the, you know, like the, most, most of the time, the, uh, the people that would ask him, how did you write a teenage girl so, so well? Because mm-hmm. he didn't fucking write it. Right. <laughs> but, wow. But eventually she um, got, um, got recognition for those stories. So, but, uh, so yes, yeah, so I was intrigued because it was such a sensation in France in like the 1930s or 20s or whatever. So I guess I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I bought it. <laughs> what about you guys? I don't Andre. actually. <laughs> I don't actually buy, uh, do drunk buys. Um, Cause when I get drunk, I get on the couch and I start scrolling on the computer. Next thing I know I'm asleep. So <laughs> that saves me from that. But the, to be quite honest, I don't need to be drunk to be spending frivolous amounts of money on shit. I don't need because just mm. yesterday I spent plus shipping $60 on color street nails. Now <laughs> you might be saying, Kristen, why are you spending so much money on nails? If you are a stylist, well, you see, just like comic books, there are collectible nails out there that have been um, retired and are very hard to come by. 
And it is Halloween. So a lot of um, sellers are selling a lot of the retired Halloween sets right now. And they're so cool. And honestly, these things I would wear all year round. If it has skulls on it or uh, spider webs, or in the case that I did, it was like a ghost. Like I would wear that year round. So I'm like, okay, worth it. I spent $60 (laughs) on two sets. (laughs) People say Halloween decor and I'm like, oh, you mean my everyday. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. And Eddie's always, Eddie's always in here um, saying silly things like, Kristen, why don't you wear all the nails you already have before you order more? And I'm like, "Um, excuse me, you're about to get stabbed. <laughs> Just motion to the giant wall of comics. Uh, exactly. Boxes that he has. Ta da. Checkmate. <laughs> I mean, I'm with Kristen here. I don't really need a lot of incentive to like spend exorbitant amounts of money on the internet. But if it's usually something that I would be like uncomfortable with buying, like in the first place. Like, I have to be drunk. Like, one of them would be, like, lingerie. Another time, <laughs> uh, it was a dildo. Uh, <laughs> and then um, another time, well, this one was just more me being, like, drunk and really wanting to go and then not realizing that it wasn't for this year. It's for next year. Uh, <laughs> tickets to a Lord concert. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Next year? Oh, no. Yeah. I thought Dude. it was going to be this year, but now oh, it's next year. No, you know ah. who did that was, uh, I think, one of the members of Monkey Monster Cosplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he bought tickets to the Halloween, I think the Halloween uh, in Universal Studios or not. I can't remember which one. And he didn't realize that it was for next year. Oh, wow. For next year. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. bet you they did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're Trying to make the- money. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's oh, mad. that's scandalous! Scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but like, for example, like I spent uh, like this a non-drunk purchase that I did was a ninety-dollar purchase for a full zine set, which is like I get like two physical zines, a bunch of charms, some posters, stickers, and like. A bunch of like frivolous shit that is like unnecessary, but I wanted it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much I would say describes 99% of my purchases. Unnecessary, but I wanted it. <laughs> there you have it, folks. All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And as you guys know, it is October. Yay! Spooky season. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 (laughs) So my cheese is: you guys all know that Inktober is like something we don't do anymore. So a lot of a lot of creators and a lot of artists are doing their own interpretation of Inktober. Javier Hernandez is doing Ditkober, and Katsuto Productions Maxi Rodriguez is doing. Thicktober, which is stars and constellations. Uh, we here at Comadres Comics have chosen to do I Draw in October. Which, Yay! <laughs> yeah, that's which, always, is, which is really Sarah draws in October. <laughs> <laughs> which yep, actually, yep. it's actually really true because I don't draw any other time of the year except in oh, October. That's right. So, so that makes complete sense. Uh, so, but um, 
the reason we don't do hashtag Inktober is because the challenge was uh, kind of, I guess, brought to uh, everyone by Jake Parker. And so Jake Parker was taking uh, all that stuff, that all that content that came out of Inktober and was saying that it was his own property because he wa- he wanted to copyright Inktober. Mm-hmm. Uh, this started back in October of 2009. And ever since then, he's trying to uh, copyright this Inktober and it's it got really ugly for a while. So um, oh, to all the creators out there, just read up more on this Jake Parker and the hashtag Inktober and... I recommend you invent your own October drawing hashtag. <laughs> and that is my cheese, man, because it got pretty ugly, guys. What did you guys hear about? Yeah, it? no, he's an asshole. I heard about it from Twitter. Like that's where that's where it all went down. Oh yeah. And Lama. And the the drama and everything. It's like I'm not an artist, but I follow a lot of artists. And artist drama is just so tasty. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's crazy the shit that they get into arguments about. Yeah. And it's just all like, you stole my layers. Like, or like, this, like, these are my paintbrushes or whatever. And I'm just all like, but you uploaded them onto like Paintoolside, like, and made them public to everyone. So that's on you. Uh, anyways, it's like, like, th- these are just words. And like, I understand them because I have a lot of artist friends and I like follow them and everything. And so I'm able to keep up. But like, if like from an outsider viewing in, not knowing anything, it's just like, <laughs> and so uh it's so like oh my god artist artist twitter is just delicious <laughs> <laughs> so that's the cheese man guys it's october and just watch out uh read up more about this but yeah i we are canceling inktober but welcome other types of drawing and painting in october All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. And what is on your radar, Kristen? Well, On My Radar this week is a book that you all will find very familiar because it is the trade paperback of one of the, I think we read two issues, was it? I believe we did read and review two issues, yes. Okay, so... We read and reviewed two issues of Alice in Wonderland. Or no, sorry. Alice yes. in Leatherland. Alice sorry, in Dis- Leatherland. Disney yeah. is going to come after me now because <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Slip of the tongue. Alice in Leatherland, which is a Black Studios uh, entertainment publication and written by Yolanda Zanfardino and um, are drawn by Alisa Ram- Ramboli. So in case you don't remember... Alice is a young writer of children's storybooks and is hurtled out of her fairy tale like life when she discovers her girlfriend has been cheating on her. Charmingly defiant, she leaves her small forest town and leaps into a new adventure to seek love and to find herself in the vast, fast life of San Francisco. There, her concept of pure magical love will be completely overturned. But her biggest challenge won't be reckoning with other people's sexual drive. It will be getting a grip on her own. We so love that. if you don't mm-hmm. recall when we reviewed it, just a really quick synopsis. Alice was is kind of portrayed as like a, a little bit of an innocent um, when it comes to kinks and just being open with her sexuality. Um, mm-hmm. And she 
uh, moves to San Francisco with really no plan at all. And more importantly, no money. And she uh, finds a very cheap room uh, in a, a shared house. And when she gets there, it turns out that the house is shared by um, several people who uh, live in the kink world and actually are utilizing their space there to uh, live out their, I would say, not fantasy per se, but like even like their jobs. Like it seemed like there was sex work going on, (laughs) Um, but I don't know. Maybe it was just relationships because you can have because all we really saw was um, uh, the uh, BDSM uh, portion. So that doesn't necessarily mean that it's sex work. It could just be actual consensual relationship. Right. Um, so I really enjoyed the first two issues. And the on my radar is the trade paperback that is coming out and has collecting the first five, well, the five issues that have been released and it is coming out on November 3rd. So you have time to go to your uh, LCS and let them know that you want a copy of Allison Leatherland trade paperback uh, coming out no, uh, November 3rd of this year. And it is $17.99. That is super awesome. The Actually, the final Issue number five just came out in September. Yes. So you may be able to contact your local comic book shop and maybe get all, all the issues in mm-hmm. their individual issue form. If not, definitely, like Kristen said, contact your local comic book shop and order the trade paperback because it is a really great story. And it's by a real life um, um, uh the artist and the writer are in a real life relationship. And I think it's the collaboration really shows the art, the way the the story was moving along. I thought it was really, really beautiful. So yeah, that is on Kristen's radar. All right, guys, Kristen, what time is it? It is Hora de la Cervecita. Oh, yeah. And today... We have a Crowns and Hops Brewing Company um, offering, and it is called, I'm sorry, it's called Beat Messenger, but every single time I look at it, my mind sees Beat Master. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Um, But this is Beat Messenger, and it is a Pilsner. And in case you don't remember, Crowns and Hops, is um, a brewery here local to Los Angeles County in Inglewood, California. And it is a um, a brewing company owned by a couple, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so this is a Pilsner brewed with Noble Hops, a.k.a. the OGs. So I'm assuming that means that we see that a lot, Noble Hops, um, one that a lot of people use. So it says... Respect has to be given to the music, the rhythm, and the sound that was created by Black Americans of African descent. Jazz, rock and roll, and hip-hop. Both music and craft beer can represent the soul of a community as they both showcase unique reflections of the people. Knowing your local craft beer is as dope as knowing the local DJ or MC from the neighborhood. We are proud to present you with this crisp, clean, and refreshing Pilsner to celebrate the Beat Messenger. 
Uh, and then uh, you can hashtag own your crown on all social media when you try these beers. And this is a 5.0 ABV. Yes, I'm so Open excited. And where did you get this one, Sarah? Um, I got this one at uh, Caps and Cork. Corpse, corpse, okay, yeah. corpse, yeah. <laughs> corpse <laughs> in Torrance. Um, I'd like to take a little bit of, of the uh, credit for having them contact Crown and Hops to distribute over to their shop. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh nice. Yeah, I um, I shared with them. I think it was uh, it was something Queen. I think it had like a like a chess piece uh, and it mm-hmm. was uh, from Whole Foods distribution. They had it at the Whole Foods. Okay. And, and I gave them one and I said, you guys need to carry this in your shop. And like months later, they were there. Nice. But, yeah. So um, they don't carry all of the Crowns and Hops releases, but they carry quite a bit. And so oh. um, they, they already know me when I go in there, they're like, oh, we got some new Crowns and Hops. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> So that's all, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I always like they already already know they're like, oh, we got some crowns and hops. You want to take some? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Or like, let me check it out and stuff like that. So I actually stopped by there uh, a couple of weeks back because we were in the area and um, there were so busy and somebody was ordering from the food section. And he was like, uh, just to let you know, the wait is 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. And the guy was like, OK, I'm like, holy cow. That must be some good food. And it just looks like deli food to me. Oh, yes. I was like, I got to come back and try this. But there were so many people coming in and out, busy with the food and buying beer. And I actually got some Allagash Haunted, Haunted something. Oh, that Um, sounds cool. And I got four, a four pack. And I was like, um, I thought that I had said to myself, I'm going to keep three. And Eddie, you can drink one if you want. I'm keeping three to, and Eddie's like, no, you said you were going to drink them. But needless to say, there's only two left now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, so I guess what? I drank one. Yeah, actually, their food is really amazing. I had their tacos and it's not bad tacos for Torrance. Actually, I was really, really impressed with the quality and taste of the tacos. Since then, I've had the... Uh, basic bitch burger which was good <laughs> and then um i had the cali burrito cali something burrito oh with fries no by itself no it's no really no the bi- fries most burritos that are called cali burritos what makes them cali is they have fries and avocado inside it didn't have fries it had oh. avocado though um okay. so I, I had that but i also had the i didn't big, know that i think a big papa big big something pastrami so I ordered them because Frank was like really tired. He's like, can you order something so we could eat and I don't have to cook? So uh, I ordered one of each and we shared it and it was freaking delicious. Oh, and good. Driving, driving them down from Torrance to Compton, I thought that it would get soggy and stuff. Yeah, but it actually was pretty good. And um, I really and Frank was like, I would never have ordered this for dinner, but it was really good. Oh, it was. Really I love good. pastrami and I'm super picky about it. So I definitely am going to give it a try. That's definitely. So I don't really like pastrami. Really? I yeah. love it. You know why? There's a place called The Hat uh, in Pasadena, which is like really well known. Um, it has been around for decades. And that is the first pastrami I ever had here in L.A. And actually, the first time I ever had pastrami was when I moved to L.A. And that is 
the scale that I compare all other pastrami's to. And like, for example, Bay Cities, I'm sorry, but Bay Cities pastrami is not good at all. I'll order it because you get it from the hot counter and you can bypass the long ass line uh, in the deli section, but it is not good. Like it's passable. Wow. Well, I just don't get pastrami. I was, I was really reluctant to try the pastrami because it just looks like there's a lot of meat and I've never really tried there pastrami is. and see yeah. what I like. But this one was sensational. And I was a little apprehensive about the sauerkraut. I think they put in it, but it was fucking delicious. Ooh, I love sauerkraut. Yeah, that I, I didn't know what it was. And I well, to be it. honest with you, I wish I had a pastrami sandwich right now drinking this beer because this beer is really good. So if oh you my don't, God, yes, if you're you listeners don't remember uh, we are drinking a Pilsner and a Pilsner is the kind of light type beer that you're drinking when you're drinking like a Corona or uh, Bud Light or I don't want to say Michelob Ultra because that's in a whole different category in and of <laughs> itself. But uh, but um, like Tecate, those kinds of things. And the thing is, is that, yes, those are in that category. But people. Please do not judge all Pilsners by those beers when you drink them, because it is absolutely possible to drink a Pilsner and have it have flavor and mm -hmm. to like just dance on your tongue and have layers. And this beer definitely has that. It's a light beer. It ain't no IPA. And if you're an IPA drinker, you might not enjoy this from the beginning but if you keep drinking it you're going to appreciate it because there is profile there there is flavor and you can taste the hops it's just not that bite of an ipa um but a good pilsner is such a great beer to drink on a hot summer day and we're no longer in summer but man if it's not hot today <laughs> <laughs> well it's 90 degrees guys i'm looking at the computer and it says 90 degrees but you're absolutely right and i don't know if you guys remember but for the longest time i was reluctant to drink pilsners and lagers mm -hmm. but my palate has definitely developed and as we have reviewed other pilsners and other lagers i have grown to appreciate this i'm more of a ipa kind of girl but this one, like you said, there's like multi layers of flavor. It's super refreshing, crisp, and definitely, definitely really like it just it's so fresh. Like, um, man, I mean, there's no comparison with like a Tecate and like a Corona. This is this is really freaking amazing. Actually, it's so refreshing and it's crisp and there's a really light aftertaste. I really, really, really am enjoying this beer and I wish I had a four pack. Actually, <laughs> and one of the other benefits for me anyway, uh, in drinking a Pilsner is that it does not leave my tummy full and heavy, uh, like an IPA does. And, um, I don't like that feeling when I'm hot and sweaty during the summertime. And so, um, that's one of the reasons why I actually, this last summer when it was so super hot and humid switched to looking for pilsners and lagers to drink because it just didn't leave me feeling bloated um because i don't like that feeling but this one is really good so um i i never find the beers that we like here when i go look for them because i guess <laughs> everyone likes them but um i'm hoping that uh this is something that is on rotation um pretty consistently because this one is really good 
Oh, yeah. And the can art. I really love their can art. It's really like elegant. Like they have the golden crown, of course, and the golden font. But the rest of it. I just noticed those were cassette tapes. Cassette tapes, right. And it's a kind of a a kind of like a kind of a shadowy print over red. But it's like a orange red. It looks really regal. I love I love how they package their beers. They always have amazing artwork. And around the rim of the can is what you, I guess, could say is their mission, which is build community, preserve culture, enhance palettes. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Man, they sound amazing. They, they sound like they know what they're doing and they sound really committed to doing what they're doing. They are actually, I think you could still buy shares to their company. Oh, really? Yeah, I I believe so. Last I checked, they had uh, raised like $275,000 for for the location. So um, it's uh, so I'm just I'm just excited for them. I can't wait till we can go to Crowns and Hops in Inglewood and have like a a beer share. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So those of you who are listening might um, be like, well, what does Jen think? about the beer we're drinking today. I think I'm having an amazing cheesecake right now. (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, our first foray into shipping our weekly beer um, has been uh, waylaid somewhere in the process. And she didn't get the beers on time. So I did not. When she gets them, she can report back what she thinks. But unfortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately, while we're drinking our beer, she is there eating yummy uh, gyoza and (laughs) bogey and apparently cheesecake. (laughs) Yep. And I do have a beer with me. I'm actually drinking one of like my beers. It's the Golden State Cider. Oh, cool. And it's ginger grass cider. Yeah, it's um, uh, I didn't know what to think when I got it. I was just like cider, yummy. And then I actually looked at it and it was just like ginger cider. Okay. But I really liked it um, uh, because it's like, it's an, uh, it's a, it's a cider that's made with apples, but it also has champagne yeast, ginger and lemongrass. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like lemongrass. And I really like it because it's like, um, I mean, have you ever had like, um, uh, like a, like a wheatgrass shot or a ginger shot? Mm -hmm. It's like that, but not as in your face. It's like, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. And so like, I don't mind. There was actually one time that I had like a ginger soda uh-huh. uh, and it was really good. And I was never been able to find it again. I'm pretty sure I got it at Trader Joe's and it's just one of those weird things that they just never came back with. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. It's like, it's not it's not so like gingery that's in your face, but it's like nice and crisp and tasty and refreshing. So a one for me. (laughs) That sounds good. Uh, Sarah and I enjoyed some ciders last Sunday and um, it's a real nice break from drinking beer. um, Cause cider also Mm -hmm. doesn't leave me uh, bloated or anything, but there were a whole bunch of yummy ones to try. And we barely even scratched the surface. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Next time I'm in LA, let's go. Yes. Oh, yes. We had uh, the ribs and yeah. we had the only thing that was really disappointing was the uh, guacamole and chips. Oh, yes. 
But the salsa and chips, my God, that really, oh, that really, salsa was good. Yeah. Oh, the salsa was outstanding. I was like, how do you gonna, fuck up that bad though? Oh, you know what? They, I think what they did, they didn't use real uh, aguacates in their, in their, um, in their guacamole. Yeah. I and, read a uh, whole <laughs> article about how restaurants utilize some other food ingredient. I can't remember what it was. Obviously it's green, but they use it to um, minimize the amount of avocado they need to use because of the fact that there's that big avocado shortage uh, that had been happening over the last couple of years. Um, And so because there's a shortage, the price of avocados has gone up um, even more so than usual. And so restaurants were becoming very creative on how to make the avocados that they could uh, purchase and um, afford, how they could make them last longer so mm. and go farther. So I found that article super interesting and it made me give a side eye to a lot of restaurants that I never realized or not realized, but I never put thought into why does your guacamole not freaking taste like guacamole? Right. Or, I just thought they were really bad at it, but no, they're just trying to save money. <laughs> yeah. And they're trying to that. save money. So they're also bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to the people who don't know a neighbor who has an avocado tree. Right. May y'all that's... rest in peace. And <laughs> may y'all rest in peace. And also F to your wallets. Because <laughs> I don't think I've ever paid for my fucking avocados. Only sometimes when we need to make more and we have to go to the grocery store. But other yeah. times I'm just all like, oh, yeah, Sonia. it's true frank's brother had a big ass avocado tree and every year he would like send bags and bags of aguacate and i was like guess what everyone avocado toast for breakfast every day yeah (laughs) people make fun of like avocado toast but i'm just like obviously you're not hispanic because we've been doing that uh, but two, also that shit slaps. It's filling. It's delicious. It's yeah. tasty. I mean, oh, when yeah. I'm Love hungry, I'll just have. I don't do the toast thing, but I put it in the tortilla and just avocado mm-hmm. and tortilla with salt. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's my mm-hmm. my snack. You know what I learned about? Uh, my cousin went to Japan and stayed with the family there. When they came to the U.S., they came and stayed with my aunt. And so one day we just went over there and hung out and had beers and um. Fumi, which is the mom who came, she was drinking and she was like cutting the avocado, putting it in a plate and just drizzling some soy sauce on it. And that's what we were eating as we were drinking. Uh And I was just like, dude, you just took me somewhere else. Like level (laughs) up, dude. That was amazing. I'm actually trying to grow my avocado tree right now. I have a seed that I'm trying to take root. So Uh I'll report back on that. Okay. But uh, so far, what is our beer review, Kristen? Okay. So for those of you who um, do not remember, our rating, our beer rating is a five-point scale with one being flaccid, two initial, three partial, four full, and five rigid. If it is a beer that is off the charts, it is a six out of five Super Saiyan. So for Beat Messenger, I am going I'm giving it a four out of five. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. I would buy this again. Um, I keep looking for Pilsners that I can enjoy. And for the most part, I'll drink it. And I'm like, meh, this tastes like every other Pilsner I've ever had. But this really had a lot of character that I really enjoyed. 
Well, this is Sarah. And as I've said before, I'm not a Pilsner drinker. That's not my first go-to kind of beer. But uh, I don't know if it's because it's 90 degrees out and because this was so, <laughs> so cold when I drank it and so freaking delicious and refreshing. I'm going to go rigid. I Ooh. really love the taste. Taste is really, really subtle. I love it. It's so fresh. Um, like I said before, I'm sorry I don't have a four pack so that I can continue drinking throughout the podcast. But <laughs> but I'm really freaking loving it. They are really, they really put out some great products. So uh, cheers to them. What about you, Jen? What do you rate your uh, your concoction? Your uh... I'm gonna rate mine um, the Golden State Cider. I'm gonna give it a full. It's good. Nice. It's tasty. Nice. But nice. I just know, like, I know ginger in itself is not like uh, something for some people. It's moments like these where I'm just all like, God damn it, am I really a white girl? Like. <laughs> but it's but no it's it's really good so i can give a give mine a full and that has been our beer review all right guys it's now time for our book review what are we reviewing today today we are reviewing Dun dun dun! A web comic. Did we do yep. webtoons last year too? Yeah. Last, last, last semester. Last yeah. semester. <laughs> last semester, ma'am. Man, this you're not the one in hitting. school. I am right. This pilster <laughs> is slapping. That's funny. So uh, we are reading a webtoon, which means that as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, you can jump onto the app or onto your desktop, go to webtoons and look it up. And we are reading The Unlucky Ones and The Edge of Nowhere, written by Nikki Rodriguez. Where do we know Nikki Rodriguez from? Why does that name sound familiar to me? Who is she? I am sorry. I, I, it sounds really familiar, but I cannot. I'm I, pretty sure we've, we've met her somewhere at one of the Latino comics expo. And I I'm trying to, I'm trying, it says about the creator, Nikki Rodriguez, and it's lit up, but it doesn't take me anywhere. So unfortunately I cannot, I'm going to do some research, but anyway, a summary of the unlucky ones and the edge of nowhere Uh, says Lucio and Sonia are two East Bay college graduates who, after struggling to control destructive powers they've suddenly gained, decide to leave their lives behind. After crossing paths in a sleepy diner, they embark on a winding road trip across the Western United States with a friendship born out of uncertainty and hope for a new beginning as they contemplate life and its simple pleasures, all the while trying to outrun their mortality. And it is um, categorized under supernatural under Webtoon. So if that's something that you uh, catches your interest, um, definitely check it out. But uh, we have so far on this one, there are 52 entries. So that's pretty good. You can start on number one and uh, the 52 entries takes you through day one through day three of their journey. And the way that uh, Nikki has uploaded this is uh, it's, I'm trying to, trying to remember what webtoons we've read before or, or. The magpie, I believe. I've read before, but um, Nikki, uh, on some entries, it's there's 
a lot of substance there. And then others, it's just like one panel or one page or whatever. So um, depends on, on where I'm guessing it depends on um, how much she was able to uh, do during that time. Cause on a lot of the entries, it always says, I'm sorry for taking so long <laughs> to upload. And the thing is, is that as a reader, I'm a hundred percent that person who's like, why are you taking so long? I want to read the story. Oh what my God. <laughs> but as the wife of a creator, I completely understand how freaking long it takes to even get one panel, let alone one whole page, let alone a whole issue done. Um, regardless if you're doing it old school with pencil and ink on paper or you're using a tablet or whatever, I mean, it takes a lot of work. And so oh, yes. I think, I think artists sometimes get really frustrated and creators get frustrated when they're like, yeah, that was cool, but I want more type <laughs> attitude. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally understandable. Uh, so Nikki is a queer Puerto Rican comic artist, flatterer and colorist. She is the creator of a two ongoing web comics, uh, Unlucky Ones and The Edge of Nowhere and Smoke in the Mirror. Uh, she started out making auto autobiographical zines, exploring mental health and impermanence of time and memory. Her existential Inui, am I saying that right? I-N-N-U-I? Anui. Anui. Damn, mm -hmm. I was way off. It's French. It's oh. a <laughs> bastard language, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the meaning of home and homesickness in con in connection to being of the Puerto Rican diaspora. She continues to explore these subjects in her fiction comics, looking to find ways in which traditional comics narrative forms can be deconstructed through depictions of effeminate. Oh my God, effeminarily. Oh my God! I'm with <laughs> ephemerally. Yes, thank you. <laughs> As it relates to emotion, memory, and time, she holds a BFA in animation and an MFA in comics from California College of the Arts. Uh, Arts. And just really quickly, uh, her other project, uh, uh, which you mentioned, "Smoke in the Mirror," is a horror comic. That Ooh, follows a 14-year-old yeah. Ale as he deals with the effects of a mysterious event at his school just before summer vacation. Um, and I feel like that sounds very familiar. Well, I'm going to read it after this. That's for sure. <laughs> Maybe. But Maybe we've, we we've read it. so many comic books that I could be like, huh. Uh-oh. Did we read this already? I don't believe so, not for the podcast. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, we read uh, all the content that is available on uh, Webtoons for the Unlucky Ones and the Edge of Nowhere. And I really, really loved it. This is Sarah. And I really, really love the artwork. At the beginning, I thought Lucio was a female, maybe that uh, uh, a male that identified as she, her. But I believe she's just, he's just him. <laughs> he just has kind of a softer, um, soft, I don't know, soft lines. Oh, you know, I read it on my phone, which I, every time I complain about this, I always tell myself, I, 
I tell myself I'm going to buy a tablet and then I never do, but I read it on my phone and, um, I didn't really see any, uh, pronouns. And so I wasn't sure either. And I just assumed it was a woman. So, uh, I, I thought they were envy. What? Which is non-binary. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. absolutely true. That, um, felt it did fe- have that feeling absolutely uh lucio i believe is from brazil or from brazilian descent because on his rearview mirror uh he had the brazilian flag uh you know one of those little things that you put on your rearview mirror to hold off on uh th- you know when you put like a crystal or like a little flag or whatever he has the brazilian flag um and uh one of the things i mean there's little things in the comic book that i really really caught on to and i really appreciate that they were like like little easter eggs that weren't like in your face but you have to like look for them for instance the brazilian flag on the rearview mirror um lucio having an uh, an acento over the u like really respecting the language I love that because there's a lot of writers out there who will write in Spanish or in another language and will not put the accents for some reason. I'm not sure why, but I think respecting the language is very important because you're trying to represent like a true representation of this person and their language that they speak their original like home language. So Lucio has the accent over the U, which I loved. Uh, also, what I noticed was, of course, the Brazilian flag. And another thing I noticed is uh, there's a point where Sonia, which is the other character in this story, um, she gets in the car and she sinks her iPod into, you know, the stereo. And if you look at the iPod, there is one of those like codes you can scan. Mm-hmm. So I scanned it with my oh, phone. Oh, that's right. You were saying. Yeah. And it took me to uh, the actual band uh, Pretense and the song that they were listening to in the oh, car that's on cool. their drive. I'm just like, that is freaking magnificent. Like, I love how she does that. And then cute little things. Like, there was a point where they, uh, where Sonia stopped in one of those gas stations and she, she's really cute. She's really cute as a character. She actually bought these keychains as souvenirs but because they don't have a sonia and a lucio keychain she bought uh the the nearest thing so lucy and sunny so lucio has lucy and though and then after that she uh, persists to call him lucy which i thought was cute um <laughs> and they and you actively see these keychains in different mm-hmm. uh, panels throughout the story and i thought that was cute um but yeah so uh lucio has kind of this radioactive superpower and when he gets anxious or um i think when he overthinks and when he's like really nervous uh he he starts to manifest these powers and of course then there's radioactivity and then the government's involved because now there's radioactive like stuff and they're trying to pinpoint where it's coming from and so he's on the run and then uh sonia or sunny excuse me she She's kind of hitchhiking because her her bike had a flat tire. And so she meets Lucio at a diner and her superpower is to alter emotional states. So when she sees Lucio, she alters his mentality because at this point he's trying to have breakfast and then he's he's 
starting to manifest his powers of radioactivity. And so she calms him down and then they continue, they proceed to this amazing adventure. And the thing of it is throughout the adventure, um, Sonia says, you know, isn't it interesting that we're not using our powers? And he said, what do you, what do you mean? And she's like, he's like, she said, is that why you're having me on your trip? Because you think that I'm controlling you. And he said, well, no, but so you're not using your powers. And she's like, no, I haven't used my powers since I met you. He's like, you can't control it. It's all you. You just need to believe in yourself. And I think that's really amazing. But um, there's a lot of little uh, hints that the government's actually after him. So um, so there's a lot of great art involved. And like I said, there's a lot of these little Easter eggs that I really, really, really loved in the story. So what do you guys think? So I was into the story just given, like, especially what the description said, it was kind of like, I know that they were running for their lives for the most part, but it was an adventure and yes. they were experiencing so many cool things and like the keychains and listening to the music and the wind blowing through the hair and everything. And I don't know if it's just the craziness that we're going through right now or whatever, but like, I was like, I want that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, stopping to see the flowers and taking photographs and watching yeah. the sunset and just, um, I mean, she mentioned going to a ghost town, but I think they got lost and ended yeah. up somewhere else. And I thought yeah. that was just really beautiful. But just taking off and driving, like it's always been one of my um, dreams to drive cross country and experience all the different cultures that we have in our own United States of America. Now Same. in high school, I was a little bit naive to the fact of how dangerous that actually is as a Brown woman, Oh yes. but, but I still would love to do that. And I just, am going to have to drag my white husband along with me. For protection. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it, it, I was kind of li like living vicariously through them, through this story. And then also on top of that, having superpowers, like it was like, honestly, I really enjoyed all the aspects of the story, even though I know like there was a lot of like fear and uncertainty that was going along with it because they're being, uh, they're being chased and looked for, but I really just enjoyed the story just on that level, a hundred percent. And I was really uh, sad that it ended so quickly. And so that's where I had to tell myself, okay, like you gotta be um, sensitive to the fact that she's doing the best that she can. <laughs> and she's just not drawing this and writing it for your pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things I really love is uh, Sunny or Sonia tells, Lucy or Lucio, at least we're alone together. And that kind of struck a chord in me because I feel that that's how, because of this pandemic, that's kind of how I feel with Frank, my husband, like at least we're alone together. So like, it was kind of cool, like seeing that and thinking about our trip to uh, Alaska, I'm just like, at least we're alone together. So kind of, it's, it's kind of something that I can carry on with my, when in my everyday life. So I really, really, really speak for yourself. <laughs> God, there's some of us who don't have a couple, okay? Who had to suffer alone. 
<laughs> but you are an adventure. Oh my god, I can't I can't wait to hear all your stories. But what do you, what did oh you think? Uh, what did you do, Jen? I really enjoyed it. I um um it was a new way of reading webtoons because most webtoons from what I know yeah. they have a scrolling form of mm-hmm. format while hers was more kind of traditional like kind of like pay like here's a page of something that I've made and she hasn't like readapted it so that I could like take up that scrolling method that a lot of um uh, there are a lot of webtoons do and that's a really good for like on the webtoons app because when yeah. you can scroll it makes the panel seem longer and the page seem longer mm-hmm. uh as well um um but I really enjoyed the story. I thought it was interesting. And um, uh, Lucio is actually, I mean, there you gave us a brief uh, page, like, uh, of, like, sketches of them. And Sonia's by, and Lucio is, uh, he's uh, either Arrow, Ace, or Demi, or both. He's um, uh, demisexual, because that's, like, the flags that they had uh, next to him. So we get a little bit more context that way as well. But I really enjoyed the story. I really like how like they like it's like a magic road trip adventure and stuff yeah. like that because just like Kristen uh I've always like also wanted to do like a super long road trip and like like go from like the west coast all the way to the east coast like and, like take route 66 and stuff like yeah. that but then at the same time I was like huh one <laughs> I can't drive two I'm brown <laughs> um uh, and three uh I have no money uh, so it's always been like, it's a thing that I would like to do, but at the same time, I'm like, where is it safe? Like, we don't have green books anymore that I know. Oh, of. yes. Right. So like, who knows? Agreed. Mm-hmm. But I really did enjoy the story. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really entertaining, really engaging. And it was, um, um, and you had queer people and I'm always down to read about queer people. Absolutely. So are we ready to rate it? Yeah. Well, this is Sarah. I'm going to go first. And I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, I love the artwork. I love the story. I Only thing I, like Kristen said, I wish there was more content, but we got to be patient. <laughs> so I'm going to give it tres conchas. Okay, this is Kristen. And yes, Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, The wanderlust in me was uh, interest was very peaked. And um, yes, I have to be patient. So I also going to give it three conchas. And I would be really interested in seeing this bound together because also I know this is a me problem and not uh, her, not a Nikki creator problem, but reading it on my phone is so frustrating. So I would love to see it in my hands uh, and like real size. Uh, this is Jen, and I think we can all agree that we really liked it and that um, uh, most of our problems came from, well, like the amount of content and uh, format, because I think this book would read better as like a physical book than as currently as they have it on Webtoons. If they rearranged kind of like their paneling, they saw how some of the more popular like webcomics uh, stylized their paneling and they could were able to fit it and like maybe extend those pages, like put up more of like the art and just it gives the illusion of more. I think I would have been more satisfied as well because um especially when reading something like a like webtoons on its on its app you kind of expect a certain uh aesthetic mm-hmm. and style and um, um and 
Well, like her, even like her art is very different from what I've seen of what's on Webtoon, which isn't a bad thing. There's a whole lot of different uh, art styles on Webtoons. There's just a very like, there's one that's more popular than the other. But this one was really good and I really did enjoy it. It's just like, I think the paneling, the how she has it right now, is perfect for if she wanted to print it out. Like mm-hmm. if she wanted to print it out and make a physical book, don't change anything. I think, but if she wanted to keep it as a webtoon, she should definitely maybe like change up how the panels flow uh, and maybe see if she can like split them up more and extend them out more into like more, like put a little bit more panels in the next page instead of just one panel. But I did enjoy it and I'm going to give her uh, two conchas. Excellent. That has been our book review. All right, guys, it's now time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? Well, it is October. So what I have for us is Shades of Fear Horror Anthology, a collection of subtle psychological horror comics with a focus on vibrant, emotive color. And so... Uh, the story that they have on here is experience terror in blood red, sickly yellow, and ethereal blue. Shades of Fear is an anthology of subtle psychological horror comics with a focus on emotional and evocative color. The collection will feature 11 new chilling tales, 150 pages of stunning full-color artwork at an extra-sized 8 by 10 inches. Shades of Fear will creep under your skin, making you know the horror of loss and sacrifice, of what lurks in liminal spaces, and of the unknowable that lies just beyond the veil. The collection features stories by Desalina Fletcher, Ashanti Fortson, and then you can... There's a lot more artists on here. And the cover looks amazing. Uh, And the different artworks are all really like they're very grabbing it looks like uh, a labor of love that is uh, very very beautifully designed so currently it is looking to it has a 5,000 of the sorry 58,514 dollar goal with uh, $18,000 uh, on here and 494 backers with 18 days to go the base pledge starts at uh, 15 Canadian dollars, uh, which is about 12 US dollars. And you can get the digital download for the book uh, like this. If you download, if you pledge 20 US dollars or 25 Canadian dollars, you get the digital package, which means you get um, uh, the Shades of Fear PDF and the Kaleidoscopic Night PDF, which is another horror anthology that they have. At 28 US dollars, you get the physical copy of Shades of Fear as well as the PDF. And at $34, you get the full color spectrum pledge, which is the Shades of Fear soft cover, the kaleidoscope uh, PDF, and the Shades of Fear PDF. And it keeps going on from there. But basically, for about $12, you can get the PDF. And for $28, you can get the physical copy of the book. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now and all the different um, individual stories all sound super cool and interesting. And some of the uh, commission rewards that you can get, the artists are so unique and really cool. So Mm -hmm. are you getting are you uh, pledging for this one, Jen? Yes, I am. I (laughs) am. I'm I'm I. 
I'm getting the physical copy. Like, it's, <laughs> I, I just can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> and we circle all the way back to our intro. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So today I'm sharing with you an organization that I've talked to you about in the past, but I like to bring them up every um, October because in October they start their Dia de los Muertos season. And I'm talking about self-help graphics and art and uh, self-help graphics and art is a nonprofit organization here in the Los Angeles area. And they, um, Foster the creation and advancement of new artwork by Chicano, Chicana, and Latinx artists through experimental and innovative printmaking techniques and other visual art forms. Uh, they're in an or- they are an organization rooted in community and since 1973 have been at the intersection of arts and social justice, providing a home that fosters the creativity and development of local artists. They establish international collaborations and partnerships nationwide and create worldwide cultural exchanges. And every single season, they do a Dia de los Muertos celebration. And it lasts throughout the entire month, usually of October through the actual two days of Dia de los Muertos. And um, this year, they are starting their uh, season on October 2nd, and going all the way through to the culmination of the event. And they are going to um, have a big celebration on October 30th. And they're going to have um, all kinds of cool exhibits and lots of stuff going on there at the event. They are going to um, have live performances and there's going to have a they're going to have a muertos market. There's going to be altars and there's going to be street food vendors. They're going to have a procession car and bike caravans on that day. Um, there's going to be uh, exhibitions. Um, one entitled Everything Connected, Land, Body, Cosmos, and also uh, that is going to be on Saturday the 9th from 6 to 9 p.m., and then it will run and be in place. That will be opening day, and it'll run all the way through November 24th in case you can't make it for the opening. So um, some of the events going on throughout the month of October is um, they have on Saturdays throughout the entire month Um, a papel picado, um, marigold paper flowers and paper mache uh, event going on where you go and you learn how to make those things. Um, There will be a one day workshop um, where you can um, create a memorial tree project. It's going to be a living memorial with small ceramic plates and messages to commemorate losses the community has suffered these past two years. Um, on Friday, October 8th, <clears throat> there's going to um, be Dancing Calacas, four-day workshop with artist William Acedo. Uh, and then the big exhibition that we talked about on the 30th. So you can look up all the events going on throughout the month at selfhelpgraphics.com. They are located in Boyle Heights area of Los Angeles, and they've been around for a very long time, and they really do amazing work of making uh, art uh, 
accessible to Latino and Latinx community uh, over in East LA. So definitely check them out. That sounds awesome. I actually just bought a uh, paper marigolds on Etsy because when you actually buy the, the actual flower, it wilts really yeah. fast. So um, yeah, that's actually a really good skill to pick up. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos and saludos all go out today. And we've done these saludos before, but we need to do them again. Saludos goes out to the Latino Comics Expo that is going to happen October 9th through the 10th. It's their 10 year anniversary and it will be in an online event. So um, they say, as you know, all as you all know, the situation in our country with COVID keeps changing. It wasn't an easy decision, as we all know how much. So many of you were excited as we were to join together once again. Ultimately, uh, everyone's safety is what's important for us. So uh, I recommend you go at, to latinocomicsexpo.com to find out how you can log into this virtual Comic-Con. Uh, we actually have a panel um, on this event, um, and it's called... I don't know if you guys remember what it's called. I actually... It is called Killer Cartoons, Comics, and Creatures, a Spotlight on Crystal Gonzalez. What do you get when you mix twisted cartoony graphics with the likes of Hellraiser and Felix the Cat? It might start to look like the comic book series in the dark. Join us, Comadresi Comics, as we spotlight the career and works of cartoonist Crystal Gonzalez. Thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, we were super excited to do this panel and highlighting Crystal Gonzalez. And so you can, again, see that interview and that panel, along with other panels, uh, go ahead and visit uh, latinocomicsexpo.com. And saludos goes out to them because we can't wait to check out that convention that'll be virtual this year for their 10-year anniversary. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Pretty much, they can find us. Where, guys? At commodicycomics.com. But if you're just perusing the internets and are on social media, we are on most of the platforms. And uh, Sarah has set, up, set us up on TikTok. So if you're like me and you get addicted to those things, you'll probably see Sarah's amazing creativity doing her I draw in October series this year yes and also guys dun 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 we have a new prize that was donated by Perler and Beer that's P-E-R-L-E-R -E -E underscore N as in Nancy underscore Beer B-E-E B-E-E-R. Uh, Perler and Beer has donated a prize for us to raffle to the very first person who posts a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. They will win a Ninja Turtles sleeping bag with pillow. And it's going to be for the very first person who posts. And it's, uh, they have to deem Emma's that they posted a review so that they we we can ship this directly to them. We're not going to be doing a drawing. It's the very first person who posts a, inter, uh, a review and DMs us, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Facebook, or you can email that you've uh, posted a review at comadrecycomics at gmail.com. And it's basically a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, sleeping bag. Ooh, that's cool. 
And is again, it a big old box? Oh wow! Does it fit adults? Uh, I believe it's for youths. Ah, boo! Ageism. <laughs> yes, but I mean, um, if you're small enough, youth can fit you. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I am not small enough, but it's okay. <laughs> I can just put it up to my to my belly button. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, uh, be sure to um, be sure to write a review and then let us know right away so that you will be the one who we ship this to right away. Uh, there will be no drawing, just the very first uh, person who posts a review and DMs us with that uh, information and I'll ship this to you right away. Yay. We will get it there uh, for Christmas, before Christmas. Yeah. So that is what's going on so this has been the end of our episodes we have been your host i'm sarah i'm Kristen, and i'm jen bye guys bye, bye.